Hey, this is Dan Harmon from the Real Community. You're listening to Shut Up Leonard. Was that was that crass? Shut up, Leonard. I'm Matt. I'm Andrew. And we like community. We do. Special thanks to Alex Moschina of Slackery.com for our theme song. Thank you. He's a great American. Uh, today we're talking about an episode from season three. Yes, it is the 15th episode of season oh, three. Oh, 315. Coming off of the... The Ides of March. Yes. Yeah. Indeed it is. Yes. And it's coming off of the uh, the, the two-parter. And also, when there's when it's the Ides of March, you know there's going to be a blade involved. Yes. Wow. <laughs> You're really tying it all together. It's all, You're it's like all the connected. rug in, in the Big Lebowski. That's right. Uh, and this episode is called... Origins of Vampire, Vampire Mythology. mythology. <laughs> what did you say? Vampire. I said it. I said it like a Cotton gentleman. Can- candy sounds good. <laughs> I, thought I was doing the bit from the episode. Okay. Uh, vampire, of course, is how I normally say it. I was just doing a bit. I'm not that pretentious to and this say has vampire. Been great bits. Who wrote this motherfucker? <laughs> the one. The only. Andy Harmon. <laughs> That's his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> and my good friend. As you know, everyone with first names is friends. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone with first names is what I'm saying. Is friends. Yeah. Everyone who has a first name yeah. is a friend. Now, if you have a mononym, does that count no. as a first name or does that count as a last you name? You don't have a first name. But it's a fir- It's your first name. It's the first only and only name. name. First and only. First name must have last name. First <laughs> okay. name, last name. Middle name. Okay, what about... That's the proper way to actually do it. Teller, our good pal Teller, yeah. was born with a first name and a last name. Yeah. And then he legally changed his name to just Teller. So he's not a friend. So he lost all those friends when that happened? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> but wait a minute. Hang on a second. Because Teller obviously still have has friends. Well. He's friends with Penn, I would say, at the very least. Mm. <laughs> what do we really so it's know clear and intelligent it's clear to me that you don't need to stop being friends with him so you're saying that everyone with a first name elected to stop being friends with teller when he took him on him well there was a vote oh that's that's cold-blooded if teller if you're listening i'm still your friend <clears throat> this this uh what the fuck does this mean oh, okay <laughs> we're gonna get to that in a second Directed by, mm-hmm. uh, I don't Mr. recall this director ever before having directed an episode, so good luck. Scarn Malta. No. Mr. Peter Bogdanovich. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. Even just for this app. Uh, no, Stephen uh, Suchita. Real China. I, I believe it's Suchita. It's a TS situation. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. But yeah, I'm very interested that this episode was written by Dan Harmon. Or at Who? least it's credited to yeah. his writing. Because uh, in the commentary, he seems kind of harsh on this episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dan Harmon seems like a guy who might be harsh on his own work. That's true. And yeah. also, I think this episode is in a tough place because it's right after a two-parter, mm-hmm. which is both mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. a good two-parter, mm-hmm. 
uh, very plot heavy, I would say, yeah. uh, a character heavy. Uh, it's you know, it stands as like a like a peak, and so around it you can only see valleys. That's the kind of thing that I think is going on here. Uh, but I think so. You're saying you don't like sub episode? I think I remember when I first watched it, I was like, mm, that was all right. I was kind of like Dan Harmon. I was like, nah, it's it's an episode. I'd say this is but an now episode. I think I like it better. Like on a on a rewatch. To me, this is an episode of great moments in that. It's an episode that I kind of forget. It seems sort of out of place in mm-hmm. season three. Mm-hmm. And yet when I watch it, there's a lot of really, really great moments that mm-hmm. make it shine. Um, uh, I, I should note for the record right now, I'm very hungry. <laughs> I've not eaten today. <laughs> and I've had, a, I'm going to say, roughly six hours of sleep in the last 48 hours. So this is me in rare form. Also, I took these notes at three in the morning last oh, night. No, uh, so <laughs> I, I might I might need some help interpreting some of them. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Yep. Uh, so overview. Overview. Sing it. Curtains, lights. <laughs> this is it. We'll hit new heights. Oh, what heights we'll hit? On with the show. This is it. I gave you the full version today. <laughs> I let you. Yeah. So, uh, there's a carnival in town, mm-hmm. and uh, at this carnival is a certain someone that Britta used to know. And so, she wants to be kept away from him, so she's going to hole up with Annie, mm-hmm. Troy, and Abed. And, unintentionally, the dean. At, at, at a later point, he joins <laughs> yeah. them. Yes. Uh, for his own, possibly nefarious purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to that end, Jeff is intrigued by this gentleman, so he takes Shirley to the, to the carnival. Yes. And also, Pierce and Chang are there. Yep. That's a that's a, like a D plot going on. Let's uh, C. Come on. That's the C? Yeah. Dean is D? Dean's kind of a D plot. Oh, what? <laughs> it's a setup. It's a setup. Oh, <laughs> you shit. triggered me. You triggered me. I don't even know how I triggered you, because I just said, oh. <laughs> that's Let's all it took. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> um, so we got the A plot. Britta. Yeah. Britta, Troy, and Abed. Or the A plot for A <laughs> B. Jeff, Shirley, Blade. C. I'd say Dean, but you're saying. Uh, I guess you're right. Chang, I guess I guess Chang and Pierce. I think I just kind of folded Dean into the Brita plot. Well, Dean line. definitely folds into the Brita plot. Yeah, but he gets set up on his own. Oh, it's a setup. It's a setup. It's a setup. <laughs> that was unintentional. <laughs> All right, you're right. It's a D plot. She'll be coming around the mountain. What? <laughs> I was just starting into my notes. Oh, I see. That's your first note. Yeah. That's my second note. I know you have a note before that. I knew you did. Because my note is that, that Troy and I better plan a little, little patty cake. Yeah. A little, little spicing it up with the hand games. Do you think uh, Troy got this from the Best, Best Friends, Friends channel? Maybe. No, I don't think so. I think... Uh, <laughs> this is Troy original? Or uh, this is a, a playground game? I think they went to Cake, which is the fictional theater show from the television show Bob's Burgers, which is just a theater show where uh, men play patty cake all day long. Oh, wow. Okay. And then Bob gets away into it. It's a great episode of Bob's Burgers, and this has been Shut Up Teddy, starring only Matt, because Andrew doesn't watch that show. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, then the dean comes in dressed as a conductor. Yeah, delightful. Also... Related to Bob's Burgers, because when Gene got very excited about going on a train, and he tried to dress up as a train conductor, mm-hmm. he's wearing essentially the exact same outfit as the Dean, mm-hmm. but with no shirt. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of Bob's Burgers connections on today's episode. I, I love this this Dean moment, because this is 
His announcement is completely unrelated to what he's wearing or mm-hmm. what he says. Yeah. Because t- he says, oh, by the way, you can't park on whatever street because there's a carnival. And he says, and unrelated, I'm super into trains. <laughs> I'm into trains now. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But I said, he says, I'm into trains now, like as if he's decided recently, yes, I like trains. Yeah. I like that. That's uh, great. And here's where Britta says, uh oh, Carnival's coming into town. Specifically because uh, it's Redbeard's Amusements. Yeah. That's the name of the Carnival yeah. company that Blade works for. Mm-hmm. This has been Little Known Facts. Much to the delight of everyone else in the study group who thinks it's hilarious that she has a carny ex. Yeah, and then even more hilarious when they find out his name is Blade. Yes. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> nice little moment here where Pierce mocks Britta mm. and thereby finds acceptance in the group. Yes. That's a... It's a high five from Shirley. Yeah. Uh, that has a great payoff because like one line later he says something disgusting. Shirley yeah. says disgusting and he says... I had it. It was in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Some good stuff. Good times. Uh, then Britta gets real, saying how tempted she is to go back to Blade. She relates to Shirley by saying, you crawled right back to Andre, didn't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Shirley goes, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Annie doesn't get it because, yeah, Annie. Well, she's Annie's so That's not, you know, Annie's never had that problem. No. I mean, she, Although, she's kind of having that problem. Well, we'll see later in the episode yeah. with a little sly reference to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wanted to note, I loved how Abed was asking if uh, Blade, the carny, is being sued by New Line Cinema. Yes. <laughs> uh, and and uh, Britta tries to defend him uh, by saying he was obviously named before the movie. Yeah. And then <laughs> Abed pulls out that the comic came out in 1973. Yeah. So very possibly this guy was named after the, the character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Pierce's uh, zinger that he tries to use. Uh, is that Britta has the King Arthur of bad taste in men. Yes. Which I don't think is that great of a zinger, but it's great coming from Pierce. <laughs> yeah, Makes, it checks out. <clears throat> uh, next up. Oh, there's a sad... Oh, uh, uh, I just sake. wanted to say the Move line, because it's sad. She says, they're like, oh, you're in love with the guy named after a kickboxing vampire. And she says, no, I don't believe in love because of the guy named after a kickboxing vampire movie. Yeah. That's sad. Played really had an effect on, on Miss Britta Perry. She wanted to be Miss Britta Blade. Britta. Do you think he's a mononym? Or do you think he has a last name? I think he's, for he's got a last name. Okay. Come on. Sure. Don't be an idiot. I mean, he's probably friends with Teller. <laughs> he's not one to look down on Teller for mm. making that choice. Uh, Jeff says locker. He's excited about lockers. I, did you get a peek inside his locker? No. There's one item that caught my eye and I can't account Tell for me it. about it. Tennis balls. He has a tube of tennis balls. That makes sense to me. Jeff seems like <laughs> he would play tennis. I don't think he'd play tennis. I think it's a trendy way to stay fit, and I think Jeff is about staying fit and being trendy. You think so much so that he has tennis balls in his locker? Yes. I don't know. I don't buy it. It checks out to me. I don't buy it. It checks out. Do you think uh, Ryan Ridley grabbed those tennis balls from him? He was like, hey, can you do me a favor? Give me some extra tennis balls. Yeah. (laughs) Drop them off in my locker? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, For a second, I was like, was there some bit where Ryan Ridley was way into tennis? (laughs) (laughs) No, there's some bit where I know the bit. Jeff. Also, he's at his locker. He's changing his shirt. Well, he's saying I'll change my shirt if it's not working. And Annie's there, and she says it's not working because she wants to see him. She wants to see the them them pecs. Uh, what I found was interesting. As Jeff takes his shirt off, uh, another female student passes by, and says something like, "Hey, I'll have what hey, he's mama. having. Oh yeah, I'll have what she's having. Yeah." And then Annie says, "Ah, get a life or something." Yeah. That female student is credited in the credits, oh. and I didn't. I don't recall seeing her face. 
We just kind of hear her off screen. Well, you have a line, you get paid. That's the rule. That's why a lot of times you'll see a movie where they give extras weird reasons not to talk. Yes. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I watch a movie and an extra has a line, I think, "Mm, he knew somebody. (laughs) Uh, So Annie's digging it, and then Britta comes up, and she's like, hey, you got to take my phone. You got to keep an eye on me. I can't go back to Blade, and I need you to stop me no matter what I say, no matter what I do. You are the wall between me and Blade. Yeah. And she even says, uh, you, you used to be an addict. Blade is my Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> and Annie understands that. She can relate to that. Yeah. And she agrees to take this charge. I think I, I think what, what goes unappreciated in this episode is these little connections between the characters where they understand each other on different levels. Mm-hmm. Because when Britta says to Shirley, oh, you, you have your Andre. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I get it. And then she says to Annie, oh, he's my Adderall. Yeah. Like, oh, I get it. That's how Annie gets it. They get it. It's nice. It's good. It's good friends getting it talk. See, Dan Harmon, this is a good episode. Believe in yourself. <laughs> it's a, I think it's a really great episode, yeah, actually. I agree. It's, it's underappreciated. And there's another great, a really great character moment right after that where Jeff says, I wonder if I've ever affected a woman like this. Oh, yeah. And then Britta laughs because to her, that Jeff That's is an impossible. idiot yeah. for being cocky. Yeah. And then Annie laughs because she is presently being affected like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a nervous laugh, and it's a very nice moment. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're to the Dean. He's hanging out with his train, Dean's his model got a train. Full train set on his <laughs> yeah. desk with uh, uh, a herd of Dalmatians yeah. set up around the train <laughs> land. Uh, he's, he's, you know, singing to himself a train song. Yep. <laughs> and who should walk in the room oh, but our old pal, Dean Vice Laybourne. Dean Laybourne. I was very upset to hear Dan Harmon say in the commentary mm. that he, what he called the John Goodman experiment, mm. was a failure in Dan yeah, Harmon's mind. Yeah, this was very, this was a strange, you know, I, 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 I was hurt. Me yeah. too, because I love John Goodman on Community. Yeah, he's so I, great. I don't think it was a failed experiment at all. Yeah, I me think neither. this was a, an ultimate success. Yes, uh, especially when it comes down to the final his final appearances. I I think it, it really works out for the best. And I think even if because he he claims that if you get an A list actor as a guest on a multi episode arc, yeah, you can't always choose what episodes they show up in. Yeah, but I think he really made the best of. Yeah. Those appearances, it, I agree. I loved it when he was in the uh, pillow fort. Yeah, it was it was fan, it was amazing. It was like this really crazy moment that yeah. only made sense on on a show like Community. Yeah, where John Goodman in pajamas. Yep. <laughs> shows up in like old school pajamas too, where it's like long underwear kind of pajamas. Yes, he shows up in this pillow fort yeah. to to tempt Abed. Yeah, it it's, was amazing. It's it was great. great. Yeah. So you know, be- believe in your show, Dan. Dan, believe in yourself. Yeah. Um. But he comes into the dean and he says, uh, "I want I want Troy to join the air air conditioning repair school." And Dean says, "It's a wonderful opportunity for someone of a urban race." <laughs> what do you think he was going to say? I, I mean, I I, th- I think he was just in full on panic. But I think he had the thought, "Good job for a black person." <laughs> yeah, but never wanted to say that. Uh-huh. But just never planned out what he was going to say. <laughs> Until he got to the end of the sentence and, and, and tried to save it. That is, yeah. That's not funny. not quite successfully. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. Um, and then you can see that uh, Jim Rash is so fucking good. You can see the kind of realization and shame as he's saying it, as he works his way through that sentence. Oh, it's so perfect. Uh, what I also like here is uh, while uh, Laybourne is making his threat to the dean mm-hmm. that... 
He's like, I, I say what I want and you make, you yeah, make well, it happen. He I picks up a Dalmatian. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and I, I thought, because I couldn't remember how this goes, yeah. I thought he was going to like crush it to dust and pour it over <laughs> the train set. But no, he does, he does one step better. When he leaves, he takes it. Yeah. I'm like, that's super great. Yeah. <laughs> what does he say? He it's always specifically says, mine is to want and yours is to, to do and figure out how to make what I want reality. <laughs> Uh, so then, well, as soon as the Laybourne leaves, uh, Dean hops on his little, uh, you know, phone yeah. and says, "Natalie, can you get me a book on how to do things?" Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, "Never mind, just get me a scotch and soda." <laughs> says, Natalie, make it yourself. He says, "I don't know how." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dean. Uh, next, we're in Trobed's apartment. Yep. They're watching Blade. Trobed and Trobed. Trobed and Branny are watching Blade. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Ovid says a line, I think it's Ovid, it might have been Troy. Mm. He has two blades, one made of silver, one infused with garlic. Yeah. Now it's... Ovid says this. I don't think this is true. I don't think it's true either. It's been a while since... it was Blade 2, which I don't remember at all. I've seen, I've seen all three Blades. Yeah. Like the first two. Have you, have you seen the TV series and nope. the TV movie? Nope. And the cartoon? Nope. Okay. Uh, but I've seen all three of the films. Neither of us are true Blade fans. It's clear. I've seen all three of the films. Yeah. I like the first two. Mm-hmm. I don't remember them enough to say 100% this is not true, but I feel like it can't be true. I don't, unless it's in the second one, because I do not remember the second one at all, but what I do kind of remember about the second one is that Dracula comes back? Sure. That might be three. That might be three. See, it, this is how much I remember about two. Almost if it had Ryan Reynolds in it, it was three. Is also three where they kill the old guy right at the beginning? I think maybe. I, I didn't think Ryan Reynolds was in the one where Dracula comes back, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong as well, because I don't remember these films well. It's been a very long time since I saw them. I'm now Googling Blade, Garlic Blade. <laughs> they all they all blend in my mind, except I do recall one fact. There's a part in the first one where there's a, uh, it looks like a couple making out at, and on a street corner, and then it turns out that it's a vampire eating a lady, I think. Yeah. And I think that's the director making a cameo. I remember correctly. Probably there is a moment in the first blade where uh, someone, one of the vampires, is killed by being injected with the essence of garlic. So now that I hear that, I gotta say, a garlic blade does not sound too far off. Uh-huh. But how does a silver blade work? Is it that's werewolves, right? Am I crazy? You know, silver kills a lot of Silver's things. Silver's extra, extra potent. Silver will get a get a, a vampire too sometimes. Okay, because I know iron can kill fairies. Maybe. What? Yeah, don't don't worry about it. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a real thing. <laughs> don't, All right. don't look it up. It's real. Just believe me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real. <sighs> What's next? <laughs> uh, so they're, the they're watching Blade, and Britta's having problems because they're watching Blade, and she knows that Blade's in town. And they keep saying the word Blade. Blade, Blade. Blade. Yeah. She uh, is saying she's engaging in some classic junkie shit. Well, Brit, Britta's trying to say, "What if my mom's dead?" Yeah, and I and, don't know and because and it's and not. And I, don't I don't have, my, have phone. my phone. Yeah. So here, uh, if I'm wrong, correct mm-hmm. me. This is the first in the series mention of Britta's mother. I don't think so. Has she mentioned just her parents then before? I think so. Okay, but specifically, this is like a mother mention. I just noticed you're drinking a baby Arizona iced tea. It's not the classic $1 tall boy. This is a dollar store special. Less the, than a dollar. It's, how much does that cost you? I think I get two for a dollar. Oh, wow. This is a whole new world. <laughs> it's a dollar store right across from where we're recording. <laughs> I've never seen a, a smaller can of Arizona iced tea than the tall boys. 
Yeah, but here, here one is. I wasn't used to it myself. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, <laughs> drinks just the same. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted there for a second. <clears throat> but for, uh, I believe she has referred to her parents before. Okay, but for anyone who's made it to season six, uh, they will know that Britta's parents are revealed in full. Leslie Ann Warren and Martin Mole. And also they're, you know, what they are and what they're up to and... They're 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 a fairly sizable part of season six, I'd say. I will concur. Yeah. So uh, I think it's interesting here that she's showing uh, at least fake concern yeah. for her mother. Yeah. In a sense, uh, and and it's to the point where I think she knows that Annie doesn't know that she she doesn't care for her parents that much. Yeah. So she knows she can say whatever to get her phone. Yeah. Uh, so which I, leads to a great joke. Yeah. Which according to the commentary, someone did in real life. Well, someone did after the fact as a fan well, of yeah, the show. As, yeah. yeah. As yeah. a as a reference. Yeah. Uh, and he says, cover your eyes. I'll go get the phone. I can't have you seeing where it is. So Britta covers her eyes. And he goes back to a drawer in the background. Mm-hmm. Pulls it open. Britta hears it. Runs to the drawer. Reaches in. Grabs what she believes to be her phone. And it is, in fact, a banana that says you are a lying junkie. Yeah. And I love Annie, the way that Annie does this. So Annie has set this up. Yes. This is what I love about this whole situation. Because Annie was a junkie. Yes. Has been around junkies, presumably through rehab. Yeah. So she, she has set up this trick because mm-hmm. she knew Britta would fall try, for it. try this yeah. and, and also fall for it. Yeah. And it's a banana. And she says to Britta, what does the banana say? She makes Britta <laughs> yeah. read the banana. Yes. And she says, I know it's harsh, but there are, there are words in a banana. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's this weird trick of Annie never had to say anything. Yeah. Britta had to say it to herself. Yeah. And she has to believe it because it's a banana. Yes. Like, that's that's such a crazy setup. It checks out to me. And it so works. <laughs> I think if I if I was some kind of junkie and I grabbed a banana and it said something, yeah. I'd go, damn it, I have to believe this okay, banana. Listen to the banana. Problem hiding your curls. Uh, Troy. And oh, and then, yeah. Great. Troy. Solid gold Troy. <laughs> classic Troy. He's yelling at Annie about, the, you know, you guys aren't good. You say we're not being a good friend because we're watching Blade. But, hey, you, you're bad friends because you don't like our movies, this and this. There's phones in the refrigerator. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even miss a beat. That I is my that's what favorite thing yeah. when Troy accidentally reveals something yeah. and then just goes straight into realizing he's done something wrong, which he's done a few times in the history of Community, and it's always so goddamn satisfying. Yeah. Uh, so then, of course, Britta runs for the fridge. Yeah. They all grab her. Yeah. Uh, and t- basically toss her into Annie's, Annie's room. Annie's room. Yeah. Uh, close the door as uh, Britta Brita shouts at them various things. Yeah. Says that you're you're all Hitlers. Yeah. Uh, you're you're all the opposite of Batman. That's the that's the capper. That's the, that's capper. the worst one. <laughs> to which Troy says, "You don't even know what that means." Yeah. They <laughs> He's throw so hurt by it. Yeah. They throw in the door and they lock it from the outside. A and lock Annie, that we famously forgot about in a future episode. <laughs> and Annie says, "Do you guys still think the lock was overkill?" Yeah. Which that's that's great because they they of course have to reference why there's a lock in the door now. Yes. But in the future, it's just a thing that's still there. Yeah. Good stuff. Good times. Uh, and, uh, then and then Dean. who should show up but our old pal Dean? There's a knock at the door. They open it. He's there's wearing the Dean in pajamas, sock monkey pajamas. He's got Let's potato chips. Yeah. And he's got Jekyll Island root beer. And he says, boys night. And then Ovid says, I need help reacting to this. <laughs> Super great. Uh, also, let's talk about, on the commentary they mentioned this, that that the the dean, uh, what's it, Jim Rash, mm-hmm. and uh, Gillian Jacobs, and possibly some others, came up with fake commercials for Let's Potato Chips. Yes. Where the, the, the catchphrase or jingle was, let's get let's. <laughs> like, <clears throat> super great. Yeah. And uh, even Dan Harmon seemed like he was joking that, but possibly real, that a future 
storyline he would or a plot he would like to do for an episode is they go to the let's potato chip plant <laughs> which i love that idea so much yeah so i good. i would buy let's potato chips if they exist <laughs> yeah i mean we also have lays what they're 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 lays lays potato chips what are you doing lays lays i'm saying it like a french person lays uh, okay I understand that you're saying it like a French person, but why are you saying it like a French person? Yeah, I imagine in France they actually have lets. What are you doing right now? What is this? This could be that I'm sleep deprived and hungry that I can't go along with you on this bit, but I really don't understand what you're saying to me right now. <laughs> in the real world. <laughs> I don't know if you're keeping the bit going or if I'm going to I'm going to kill the bit right now. In the real world. In the real world, there's a potato chip called Lay's. L A Y S. Yes. Yes. Let's is the false version. Oh so, yeah, I know that. Okay, you seemed very confused when I was saying Lay's. No, I knew that. I was confused as to why you were saying it. Cuz you wanted to eat Let's potato chips. Yeah. I was saying you can just eat Lay's. What? I want to eat Let's because they're in community. Lays are not in community. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought this was one of your sauce situations. This is going to be the episodes where we murder each other <laughs> over just a small <laughs> misunderstanding. Have you explained on this podcast your, your sauce situation with Game of Thrones? Oh, my sausage? Well, it's the sauce specifically. Oh, the sauce, yeah. I tell you, the folks on the on the on the Game of Thrones podcast had a theory that it was just brown mustard. Okay. Which I find disappointing because okay. I don't care for mustard. There's a basically to recap the listener. There's a there's yeah. a, a a fictional sauce uh, which is never described what it is or what it tastes like or even yeah. where it came from. Uh, which a character on Game of Thrones dips dips a sausage into? Well, in Game of Thrones, the TV show, after, to explain the whole thing. After just, Theon just, cuts just off, after Ramsay cuts off Theon's dick, he's eating a sausage to be like, "Hey, it looks like I'm eating your dick, but it's just a sausage," and he's dipping it in a sauce that looks very delicious to me, and I feel like my brain can imagine what it tastes like, like I have a sense of what it tastes like in my brain. But it's not a it's not a real sauce I could find anywhere in the world, and it's 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 a hard time. So, in your brain, do do Let's potato chips taste any different from Lay's potato chips? No. Okay. So you just need a bag that says Let's. Pretty much. Okay. I'm just saying, what an interesting way this would be for a chip company to get off the ground. They seed the public consciousness for years mm. by just letting by creating a logo and letting TV shows use it for free. Mm. And they build up that fan base, and then I don't know how long Let's has been a fictional brand. Let's say ten years. Yeah, they just come out and say, "Guess what? Now they're real." All your favorite characters eating it. I'm talking about the folks on Community. I'm talking about that creepy kid from the weird Moonrise Kingdom ripoff car commercial. Hmm. I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure I saw someone Malcolm in the Middle once. I'm pretty sure they were also on Parks and Rec. Sure, that, that checks out to me. All the great shows feature your favorite characters eating Let's Potato Chips, and now they're real, available at a grocery store near you. Speaking of Parks and Rec. Let's get some Let's. When we finally see Blade uh, in this, uh, the next scene that I have is the carnival scene. The next scene that I have... We get a glimpse of Blade. ...is Pierce plus Chang, which is the carnival carnival scene. scene. But we see Blade really briefly before we see Pierce Chang. Yeah. we and he's played by Kirk Fox, the great Kirk Fox, who I knew I recognized him, and it's from Parks and Rec. 
He plays Randy from Garbage. He plays from Joe. Joe from, from Sewage. Yeah. Yes, of course. And uh, he's really funny in Parks yeah. and Rec. He's, really, so, he's yeah, he's great in this too. He's great in this too, and it's just it's funny to me that I never put it together that that's where I recognized him from until I looked it up today. Yeah, that that's uh, he's talented. Yeah. Uh, so Pierce and Chang, because uh, Pierce earlier when he yeah. when he was rejected from the group by his his own gross disgusting joke or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he he basically wanted a best friend, mm-hmm. and he found that in Chang. Yeah. When you leave the group, it Chang is like for some reason the, your first go to. He's just hanging on. Yeah. Right outside. Yeah. Always. What? But I, I <laughs> thought there was a kind of a good gag here where uh, Chang Chang sees Jeff and Shirley and says, "Oh, awkward. What are you guys on a date?" Yeah. And then uh, what is it? Pierce just won like a monkey for Chang. Like yeah. he hands him over a stuffed animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says, "Here, this is for you." <laughs> it's good times. Mm. Uh, hey. So I feel like in the past we referred to a Jeff Shirley combo as Jirley, mm. but I'm going to officially switch it over to Chef now because it's fun. That is fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's really fun. Not even Sherf? No, Chef. Okay. Chef sees Blade. <laughs> Jeff. Sounds like a kid's book. <laughs> <laughs> Chef sees Blade. Like ghost. No. <laughs> 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 You're talking about Ghost Spot Go? I don't think that's what it's called. I think that's, it's Dick and Jane's a, Adventures in Wonderland or something. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Because my brain just combines Sea Spot Run mm-hmm. and Go Dog. Yeah, that's the one. Go. go Dog Go. Is it Go Dog Go? Or Go Dogs Go? He's just one dog. Because for many years, I thought it was the wrong one. But you don't know what that one is now. No. Well, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> Uh, Blade Carnival. Oh, Shirley's excited to be at the carnival because she says, I spent my carnival years pregnant. Yep. <laughs> what are the what carnival, are the carnival years? years? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think she's referring specifically to an age range or do you think she's specifically referring to a period of dating that she did with Andre? Uh, because I do think there's a dating period that is where carnival, carnival is, yeah. Like peak carnival. Yeah. Because oh. now I, I went to the carnival with Juliana and, yeah. uh, you know, she just wanted to eat the, the foods. It, it, and she wanted to go on the Ferris wheel because she knew I was scared of heights. That was like that, that was the combo she wanted to go for. <laughs> and I didn't, neither was a disappointment. Let's put it that way. What? She, uh, had, she had food that she, she wanted I and I was scared of the heights. <laughs> My grandma tells a story mm. go, of going to, a, when she was a young woman, yeah. going to a carnival eating a bunch of carnival food, and then going on the Ferris wheel, and then getting sick from the carnival food, and vomiting over the side of the top of the Ferris wheel. Oh, no. She was at the very top of the Ferris wheel, oh. and she threw up over the side. I, I I can't remember if it hit somebody or not. I can't imagine it wouldn't. I mean, this, at that height, the splash zone alone, you'd have to be, you'd have to have a real clear radius to not hit somebody. Yeah. Unless she was on the you know the back side of the ferris wheel yeah like if they have a mechanical side where people don't stand yeah i don't know that sounds risky my grandma also told me once that she didn't tell me specifically told the room yeah. that she saw the pornographic film deep throat when it was in theaters she saw it at a theater wow <laughs> yeah that's, that's history yeah <laughs> all, right. all right shout out to my grandma <laughs> she's the best Nana Benson. <laughs> yeah, not what we call her, but sure. <laughs> uh, it's an official show name now. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, where were we? The carnival. So, but you were—I mean, you're married to Juliana. Yeah. 
So presumably that's not what people would consider the canonical carnival years. Your, guess, your relationship yeah, no. at this point. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. We went and we did those two things because that's all that we wanted to. Okay, so let's try I'm, to establish. I'm thinking carnival year, like she's if she's talking carnival years, like as a relationship period. Yeah. What then? That's kind of a thing where like you both go and you both are like, yeah, let's go on the tunnel of love. Yeah, let's go in the mirror maze. Yeah. What number date would you say is that? What the number date is the out. is the carnival? I mean, I think it could go anywhere from like like fourth to tenth. It's mm, interesting. Like it depends on how because uh, I I didn't date normally. Sure. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think normal dates, you maybe you meet for a, a coffee or a food, like a first or a second food, date. Yeah. You go that way. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, uh, some people do the movie, but then some people are super anti-movie date. Yeah. Which is, I, I don't get. Well, because you love movies. And it's like, it's a commonly accepted activity. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, you want to talk, but like that's why you do a dinner before or after some, some bullshit. You like do that. it after because you don't want to, you don't want to have to rush the dinner. That's true. Or if you've li- if you're caught up on Roderick on the line, mm-hmm. you do like what Merlin did that one time. You do dinner twice. <laughs> what I'm not caught up on Roderick on the line. Oh, it's a good story. <laughs> uh, yeah, just save that. It's It'll a be a good tease story. for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had to jump back because I missed what when he explained it. I was like, wait, hold up. <laughs> but here, okay. So to me, though, fourth to the tenth range. Yeah. That's not even one year. Let alone no. something that could be referred to as the carnival years. That's true. So I mean, to maybe, me, that supports the theory that she Shirley is talking about an age range. Was so religious <laughs> that a date a month was all you could handle. <laughs> that's no, that's ridiculous. Uh, I'm gonna say, and even so, that would be six months. <laughs> Still not a year. I don't know. Maybe years was just the wrong word. Maybe it's just it's funnier as years instead of months. Yeah. Uh, but but I do think this is a, a, a weirdly specific period of time that I can understand. Yeah. Uh, but Jeff says, you know, I don't, I don't, I've seen him. I just wanted to see him, and I'm done now. So I'm sure he's like, let's go on the Ferris wheel. I'm done. I've seen him, so we're we're done now. What do you want to do? Let's go on the Ferris wheel. Let's go see Blade. <laughs> yeah. he, no, he says he doesn't even say I want to see Blade. I want to I want to shoot the ducks. Oh, that's right. Because Blade's working booth. the duck. Yeah. Uh, so when they get there. Is, yeah. it, is there something that happens between them going over there and them getting when there? When they get there... They talk to him. Uh, I have I have the fake name that he comes up with, which I thought was... Well, that, there's a lot of stuff before that, actually, because oh. I have that fake name, too. That's one okay. of my notes. Let's go. Before that, we go back to Britta. Oh, right. Who is... The, she's in the room with Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they point on the commentary, uh, Charlie St. Cloud poster on the wall, which I had never noticed before, or I did, I just didn't think about it. I've mentioned it to you multiple times. I don't believe that. And it's been there since season one, apparently. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't make any sense. Why doesn't it make sense? They didn't have that apartment in season one. No, but it's been in, in whatever Annie's room was in season one, I believe was the implication. Oh, really? I believe that's what they were saying. Holy shit. That changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> we have to go back. So we have to, start we over have to go back. One season one. It's just worth noting that the Charlie St. Cloud poster is still hanging strong. Yeah. Um, that, I, I would imagine Annie likes that movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've never seen the movie. I've I seen think... only the trailer, but I would imagine Annie likes it. It's, it was in a period where... so Zach That's where Zach Braff, Zach Braff. Zach Braff. Zach Efron. I did that mistake just the other day on Nerds <laughs> View. I kid you not. That's where Zach Efron has a ghost brother, right? Or he's the ghost? Oh. <laughs> I thought he was... Maybe it is a ghost. One of them is a ghost, There's a Yeah, one of them's a ghost. It's two brothers. Two brothers. <laughs> fighting cars. <laughs> Rick and Morty. It's two brothers and one of them is a ghost. Yeah. Um... The, the it was at a weird period in in Zac Efron's uh, you know movie tude. What is that called? What filmography? <laughs> movie tude. I gotta copyright that and make that website right now. 
Jesus Christ, Scooby Doo. I didn't know one think of that word before. It's at one weird point in Zach Efron's filmography. So he was he was done with the High School Musicals. Yeah, he's trying to get serious, but he's, he's not going. He's finding dark. himself. Yeah. yeah, he's not going dark. Yeah, so it's pre pre dark. I mean, if the younger brother is the ghost, that's pretty fucking dark. It's a dead kid. It's not as dark as like. I'm a gang member. It's not as dark or... as We Are Your Friends. That wasn't really dark. It I know, was just... I, was, <laughs> it was, I was joking. <laughs> it was kind of delightful, actually. I but... can't believe you like that movie. Uh, I also like The Intern. Uh, you, we're on a different <laughs> path, you and I. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's in a period where Annie would be right in with him. Because he's, he's being a little bit serious, and, and it's a little bit sad, uh, but in a way where he's still dreamy. Okay. <laughs> he's not like a bad boy. He's dreamy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. I think that's right in Annie's wheelhouse. I've got the character name of who dies. Let me figure Is out. Is it Charlie? No. I thought Charlie died. No, Charlie's brother Sam dies in a car crash that Charlie survives. Okay. So there's a straight up it was a... dead kid in this movie. Yeah, I figured. Oh, then why isn't it on the Douglas movies uh, nationwide category? And the <laughs> maybe it is. I just haven't found it yet. I forgot Dave Franco was in this movie. Oh, shit. Well, maybe that's why Allison Brie likes it. The well, kid who... Annie likes it. So Zach Efron plays Charlie... St. Cloud. His brother is Sam St. Cloud, but Sam St. Cloud is played by a young boy named Charlie. Oh, whoa. Fun fact about Charlie St. Cloud. Fun, confusing facts. Donald Logue, also in this film. This cast is fucking weird, let me that tell you. That is strange... Donald Logue, Kim Basinger... Donald Logue is the dad? No, Donald Logue is Tink Weatherby. Okay, yeah, he's a... He, wor- <laughs> he works the ship. He's a ship... Ship... <laughs> ship mariner. What do you call those? I don't know what you're trying to say, Captain. He's in charge of the docks. Oh, the dock master, dock lord. <laughs> what? Let's keep it going. Kim Basinger, Ray Liotta, <laughs> Dave well, that Franco. Checks out. Ray Liotta checks out. <laughs> I can't get a handle on the on the cast of this movie. Anyway, Britt is saying, "Hey, we're sisters. I'm over it. I'm good." Say, would you mind giving me my phone? I just got to check with the doctor. Don't worry, I'm fine. I just need to call the doctor. And it's kind of gross, so would you give me some privacy? Yeah. Again, classic junkie behavior. Yeah. Uh, Annie gives her the phone, leaves the room. Sad. Dean notices she's sad. I believe this is the first instance of, something, of, of, of someone, I think it's Troy this time, asking the Dean why he's here. Yes. And he just says, ouch. Yeah. Um, but Annie says, but... I got a, I got a, I got an ace in the sleeve. Well, yeah, Annie, uh, she gave her the phone as a trust exercise, but she had made sure that she yeah. cannot contact Blade by switching uh, Blade's contact information with her own. Yes. So that when uh, Blade is texted, it will go to Annie. Yes. And of course, as soon as she closes that door and sits down, gets a straight up text. Yep. And it's super dirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Maybe she wants to put something in his butt. Well, then maybe that's why her and Troy got along. True. <laughs> All right. Now we are back to the carnival. Oh, before that, I, sh- I should say, there's a great line. Meanwhile, there's a great flashback. line. There's a great line that Dan Harmon points out of the commentary that I even wrote down before that. Okay. Where just before Annie re-enters the room, we see Trobed and Dean watching Blade, and Dean has the great line. Boy, this guy doesn't give vampires a square inch of leeway. <laughs> I don't. And the funny thing is, I don't think that's a true Dean observation. That's if I mean, if it is, it's it's in that weird way where he's trying to connect with Troy over it. Yeah. He, whatever yeah. he's doing is trying to connect with Troy because <laughs> yeah. this whole point of the Dean here, yeah. in the apartment at this time, is to get Troy to join the air conditioning repair school. Yes. 
Um, but it is a very great line, and I love it as something the dean said. Like he he needs to comment on on Blade, so yeah. that's what he comes up with. And uh, oh, fantastic! I, I can't remember where exactly Dan Harmon said it in the commentary, but there's a he 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 kind of says about a, a a couple of the plot lines going on here that they're very like standard sitcom tropes. Yes. The, the he whole, says this could be an episode of Friends. Yeah. He's he's like, oh, they're all you know, they're lying to each other and they're the the kind of you know double crossing, but not in like a horrible way, like. Yeah. You know, in a in a friend friendly way. Yeah, uh, and uh, that almost even appears like I was like, oh, he's still like kind of putting down his own thing. Because yeah. in a strange way, like I never mean it in an entirely bad way, but I mean it just in kind of a common way that um, you know, when a, sit- a sitcom trope happens in in a show like Community, I'm like, oh, they're yeah. doing a they're doing a sitcom trope. Yeah, yeah, because Community usually takes it and turns it. Yeah. Uh, also, there was a whole uh, I wrote this down because it was a commentary note, but with the whole Chevy. Uh, the Pierce Chang storyline that yeah. goes on. Let's just wrap that up now. Pang. Yeah. Um, or cheers. They but like cheers. They're better. trying to be friends. It's cheers. Of course. <laughs> they're trying to be friends, like best friends. Yeah. And so there's a funny gag where while Jeff is doing the shooting gallery, they keep passing by and laughing like they're having a fun time. Yeah. And Jeff even says, "How many times are they going to do that?" <laughs> uh, and we get like a like a musical like a quick you know montage moment where they're they're having friends and the song is like we're best, best friends. friends. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, to to kind of end their friendship, yeah. they're sitting down talking and they're like, uh, 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 "Was it Chang?" He says, "What's going to happen when we fight?" And Pierce says, "Oh, just let it happen." And Chang says, "Don't tell me what to do." Yeah, and then he off. leaves. Yeah. And then we get the sad. He throws version. the stuffed animal at, at Pierce. Yeah, and we get the sad version of the song. Yeah, and uh, basically Dan Harmon said, "This is part of the Chevy minimization, <laughs> where whatever you can do to you know get him on his own or have him not you know appear if, in his face, yeah, uh, it makes the episodes cheaper and faster." <laughs> uh, and one of the ideas he threw out was, "Everyone is a ventriloquist puppet," which yeah. makes me sad because. We all saw what happened in season four, where they were just regular puppets. Pour one out <laughs> for our puppet homies. Chef. <laughs> Chef. Uh, they're at the duck shooting group. Group. Po- yeah, the po- duck shooting group. Post. What? My tr- Hello? My Booth. Is Chef. Booth. <laughs> Shoot ducks. Booth is the word I was looking for. Yeah. They're at the duck shooting booth. Mm-hmm. Booth. So, they, uh, Shirley says, oh, what did you say your name was again, sir? Yeah, Blade. <laughs> this is Blade. Jeff asks him if that's a nom de corn dog. <laughs> Great. Yeah. He says, no, why would I need a fake name? And then he says, he says what would I change it to? <laughs> Let's say it at the same time. Okay. Templeton, Templeton Ferrari, Ferrari the third. third. <laughs> he says, wouldn't change the way mustard tastes. Yeah. And, and, and like Shirley gets it, yeah. And right, you know right what? There God damn it. it! I'm 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 with Templeton on this one. I'm with <laughs> I I immediately see the appeal of this guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anyway, so then uh, I don't know if something's between these two. There's a part where Jeff's um, bragging uh, uh, to Blade. Hold on, hold on one second about the things he's done. Uh, I don't know when that when that is. My next note with them is. Just speech about why he has to do this. And then before that, I have some Dean stuff. Let's do the Dean stuff. Okay. So there, the, 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 it's not just Dean stuff. It's, it's that, you know, whole group. Yeah. The British texting Blade. Yes. And he's just not responding. And he's not responding. Yeah. And then it, it escalates. She yeah. responds in a, in a hopes that it will stop her. Yeah. But Brad calls Blade. Yeah. To which Troy says, shot. She was born in the 80s. She still uses her phone as a phone. <laughs> yep. 
That's uh, something that even you have have you you've expressed distress over. Yeah, having to use your phone as a phone. Yeah, I don't care for that. I'm a '90s kid, straight up. We we use our phones for texting. Well, did you listen? Did you listen to the the? Uh, you listened to Barf Doesn't Matter, the Roadwork episode. What are you saying? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that episode of Roadwork, a great podcast with uh, Dan Gregory and uh, Dan Gregory. What am I trying to say? Dan Benjamin. Benjamin. Who's Dan Gregory? <laughs> That's why I was so shocked when you just said that you listened to that show because I was like, I thought you you didn't really care for Dan. No, I like that show. What oh. are you talking about? We've talked about how I like that show before. You like Roadwork? Yeah, yeah. But you don't listen to Back to Work. No. Mm-hmm. On mm-hmm. Roadwork, they they have a conversation about texting versus phone calls. Yes. And I'm gonna say it is a one to one ratio, 100 percent agreement. My views on texting are exactly the same as John Roderick's views on texting. Well, like if you can just. If it's something quick, is that what you're saying, or what? No, he he agree. He thinks texting is way better than phone calls. Mm-hmm. He thinks because you can, especially if you're in an argument, you you can have points that you can reference easily. Yeah. He says that he also he issues the breaking up text into many smaller texts. Mm-hmm. I'm with him on that. Mm-hmm. And the the point here is just that he's pro text anti phone call, mm-hmm. which I'm with. But if you're ever wondering my policy of texting, listen to that episode of Row Work because it's exactly the same. Okay. So yeah, I'm with Troy and John Roderick on this one. Uh, so she says, we, I just won't pick up. And then Abba says, want to go to voicemail? So then she, you know, she has to pick up. Yeah. She just picks it up and holds it out to the group, expecting one of them to save her. And we can hear Britta shouting, Blade! Yeah. Blade! <laughs> I'm sorry! Yeah, they all say nothing. Yeah. So then Annie t- takes the lead and she goes, and hangs up. Yeah. <laughs> it's super great. And then the Dean's reaction to that is so perfect. She just, he's just, what are you doing, Annie? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and then that's where she says to him, what are you doing here? Yeah. And he says, ah, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then Britta calls again. Yeah. And she says, okay, uh, make carnival noises. <laughs> and she <laughs> holds up the phone to them. Yeah. Uh, I remember Dean says, get your popcorn here. <laughs> uh, Troy says something, too. I can't remember what he's saying. But, yeah. but Abed, in true form, is making just the noises of. Yeah. He's like, pulling a Michael Winslow. Yeah. Pretty great. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes, uh, sorry, babe, gotta go. And he says no, that. she says, don't don't call me at work. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then immediately there's a text response of like, I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah. Uh. And then and there's even like when Annie's reading off Britta's text, there's even one that Britta sends like to try and really get Blade's attention. That's like, don't you want to hear from your two-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, Britta. Oh, Britta. Britta. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. God damn it. Um, but that kind of gives a good uh, timeline of where she and Blade cross paths. That's true. Yeah. Would have been around season one. I think so, yeah. Or, I, think, I guess, I nine months so. before season one. Okay. So, right before the show started. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Annie's upset. She says, Britta's whipped by an imaginary douche. Mm-hmm. And Dean says, don't knock it till you tried it. Mm-hmm. What do you imagine that means? Exactly what it says on the tin. Oh, walk me through this. I, do I have to? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, an imaginary douche. Yeah. And he's being whipped by it. <laughs> what is that? What? what? I don't understand. We know that much of the where does the pleasure come from? <laughs> se- sexual pleasures mm-hmm. come from his mind. Yeah, they don't come from not. I think not always. At least sexual stimulation. Yeah. Sometimes he can just be in a room with an object that he loves, <laughs> and that's enough. How do you whip someone with a douche anyway? I I, I don't think we can describe it in an audio podcast. <laughs> We've got that explicit tag. Is I mean, that what I, don't think, I think even if you describe the steps, it's still it's, 
It's a real, it's a real, it's a real visual, uh, real mind palace situation. <laughs> it's a real, it's a real thinker. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta really get inside the Dean's skin. And, All right, uh, let's move on. Let's into. move on before we go too deep. <laughs> Back to Chef and Blade. Uh, say words. <laughs> Take the lead. Uh, well, Jeff. <laughs> Take the wheel, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff uh, is bragging about the various things that he's done, mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, he's like, oh, so you uh, you dropped out of school and now and then you were a carny and you've been here fifteen years. Oh, wow." He says, "I I after I got my fake bachelor's degree, I then uh, cheated on the LSAT. You know how hard that is? It's so hard." Yeah. He says, "You want me to tell you how I did it? I can't. Magicians never reveal their secrets." Mm-hmm. And so he's basically being kind of a dick to Blade. Yeah. And trying to really rub it in his face how he's better than him. Yeah. And Blade is just completely Doesn't nonplussed. Care. He does not. Yeah. There's no reaction other than, wow, that's, you know, you did it. Yeah. And then <laughs> Jeff asks, what's the highest anyone's ever scored at this game? Yeah. Blade says eight ducks. He says, all right, I'm, I'm going for it. Yeah. Then Shirley has to pull him aside. It says, Jeff, why are you doing this? What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And then Jeff has one of my, I mean, a great Jeff moment, I feel. One of my favorites. Mm. Where he says, "Why do we, why do we learn how to blow up the earth or put a mouse on a uh, an ear on a mouse, in case we have to?" <laughs> Which I think is not only a great comment on Jeff's mindset at the time, yeah. but kind of a great point about the, the world. <laughs> mm. uh, the, the "in case we have to" idea I feel like motivates a lot of some of the darker aspects of human nature, yeah. and uh, I think it really works well here. Kudos to Dan Harmon and the, for and writing the, that fucking the in case we phenomenal have to line. Here is particularly referring to Jeff wants to figure out how to be a jerk to women or something. Like it's he it's, wants to figure out how to how to captivate women in the same way that Blade does. Yeah, he wants to he wants to learn Blade's skill. Yeah, he wants to be the in case he needs to. Use he wants it. to be a, a human death stroke. Yeah, he wants to learn the skills of others because he knows them. because he knows Blade is out there with a nuclear warhead. Yeah, and he doesn't feel safe unless he has his own nuclear warhead. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not even about Britta. I think that's the interesting part. Yeah. It, 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 that'd be a real simple way to go. Yeah. But it's super not about... Britta. And that's why I think this is a great episode, because there there's a lot of kind of stuff going on under the surface like that. The, the character work is really fucking on point here yeah. that I think uh, really makes this episode shine. Mm-hmm. Um, we're back to... Uh, oh, there, there's a great point where... Uh, oh, I think this is later, but I'll say it now, because it's, it's just one line. Mm-hmm. When Jeff is asking, uh, trying to figure out what Blade's secret is, he's asking all those things, and he says, "Do you have a big wiener?" And uh, Blade's reaction is just like a little bit of a little bit of regret, but like not a lot at all. He says, "No, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty perfect." Let's let's finish that up now. Let's finish up the that. Jeff and Blade, the Jeff and Blade thing. That's my last note about them. Well, I also, I mean, the note that I have is that. So Jeff wants to know Blade's secret, and he says, yeah. oh, Magician doesn't reveal the secret, remember? Yeah. And then Jeff's kind of sad, yeah. and then Blade says, all right, you dropped $300 on my booth. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you the secret. And then we cut away. And then we cut away. Yeah. I, I love $300, Jeff. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so we're back to, to them. Uh, back to them. Annie can't understand why Britta won't let it go, mm-hmm. but Troy does. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're starting. This just a whole sequence of really good stuff with Troy and Britta. Well, outside. there's a. I mean, this this realization is that basically Britta is attracted to men that are ba- bad for her or mean yeah. to her or you know not nice. Yes. And so because she doesn't like herself. Yeah. And so when Troy, like Troy's the one that figures that out. Yeah. And that's super great. It's super great. One. And then also. Troy texts something to her that we never see. Yeah. 
but that clearly is, is something very nice. But Dan Harmon, you know, sums it up in the commentary as like, it's like the light in the box in Pulp yeah. Fiction. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It's yeah. just what it re- represents. It represents that Troy, Troy understands Britta to a level where he can say the perfect, nice thing to her. Mm-hmm. He deletes from the phone so Annie can't see it. Yeah. Uh, and then she comes out and... And maybe one of the most heartbreaking moments of community for me personally, uh-huh. <laughs> because you know I'm a Troy fan and a Britta fan, yeah. and it involves both of them. She comes out, and Troy, clearly into Britta at this point, and clearly knowing what to say that's nice to her, clearly seeing the good in her mm-hmm. and pointing that out to her. And his reward for that is she comes out and says, Blaine, meaning Troy, because Troy's the one who texted this, yeah. Blaine's a loser. I don't want anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. And Troy is just crushed, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he, and the thing that it makes it so heartbreaking is that Troy knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And he did it anyway for her good. And Jesus Christ. I don't know how you can say this is a bad episode when you've got, when you've got that kind of character stuff going on here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that was a real. And then, of course, we get the third uh, moment of someone saying to the dean, what are you doing here? Yeah. When Bill comes out yeah. of the room, yeah. she'd never seen Dean arrive. Yeah. So the first time seeing Dean, she says, Dean, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> he does the ouch. Yeah. Um, and then Jeff comes in, knowing well, Britta's. Uh, well, because then they revealed oh, yeah. to Britta that the whole thing was a hoax. That and, yeah, it was on this phone all along. Because Annie wants to see the text. Yeah. So she steals Britta's phone and looks at the text. Well, no, that's a little later. That's like a half beat later. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Because they tell oh, you're Britta, right, you're right, you're right. They you're tell right. Britta, we lied to you. It was yeah. it was all, you know, Blade. It was, it was like, Blade's still out there? And Annie's like, let her go. She's a lost cause. Yeah. Who cares? And that's when Jeff comes in and Britta and Jeff run into each other. And Jeff says, I know uh, Blade's, Blade's secret. secret. He has no shame. He has no shame. Yeah. And Britta's like, well, what are, you, what are you being a judgy judgerson for? And he says, no, literally, he, there was a carnival accident that affected the part of his brain that controls ten, shame. Ten years before yeah. he met you, yeah. there was a bolt or something that hit his head and yeah. took out the shame part. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And she, this is, again, really great character stuff. Jeff is able to convince her to stay. Yeah. Jeff kind of, and, and not only convince her to stay, but kind of show her what she's doing and why it's bad. Jeff kind of gets two winger speeches in this episode. Yeah. He gets to give one to Shirley about why he should do a bad thing. Which is the evil one, winger speech, yeah. Yeah, one to the He group, gets an evil winger speech the, and a good winger speech. Yeah, one to the rest of the group to say like, hey, that was wrong. <laughs> and what I, what I like here is, as much as Troy understands Britta, mm-hmm. he can't fix her in this moment. Yeah. But Jeff can. And in a weird way, I think it's because Jeff doesn't care about her. And because yeah. she responds to that more than a guy who does care about her. Yeah. So even as she's kind of having this realization, she can only hear it because a, a, another Blade type is telling it to her. Uh, and also, Jeff's realization at the end is the whole... Um, going to each other is a dumb thing that like we, yeah. it's yeah. made up. We need to go to ourselves, ourselves. yeah <laughs> he's, as he's saying it he can't even believe he's saying it like, yeah that's, that's the kind of winger speech it is <laughs> but you know he's not wrong no uh, uh and then here comes the moment where yeah. so they're all sitting down watching blade again yeah annie takes britta's phone mm-hmm. to see the text because it was deleted from annie's phone yeah and so she sees what troy wrote yeah and troy immediately is like well, i'm gonna go to bed yeah and this is where the dean makes his last just ditch effort yeah. he says, hey troy have you considered the ac repair <laughs> yeah troy just says no yeah <laughs> and dean says well that was it bye yeah. <laughs> yeah no he goes to bed before that because he well, he he comes out after the winger speech he comes out of the bedroom which well, is the whatever the before. order of events are yeah they happen that and he happens. comes back he decides to watch blade with them after all yeah 
And then Britta says, oh, you wrote this? And she kind of, she smiles. Because mm-hmm. now she's a better person. Well, I don't think they say it to each other. Like, it's Annie indicates But they have that, that moment. Troy, yeah, yeah, Annie indicates that Troy wrote it. Oh, yeah, you're and right. And then, so, it's like Annie looks at Britta. Britta looks at Troy. Yeah. Uh, Annie looks at Jeff. <laughs> and then Troy and Abed look at each other. Yeah. But the point is Britta smiles at Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Which is, this, this is, again, this is what community is so good at. It breaks your heart. And then it, it tapes it back together for you by the end. Also, I, I, do, I always enjoy when they make googly eyes at each other. Yeah. This is also kind of, I would say, a microcosm of season three in a weird way, in that a lot of people complain that season three is too dark, mm. but that's why I like season three, is that it, it, it walks to the edge of the abyss and then and then takes you away. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what they do really well here with Troy and Britta. I have, I have two other and, commentary notes. And so notes. screw you, Dan Harmon. This is a great episode. No, I have two other commentary notes that um, I can't remember where they went, but we'll just put them right here at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Dan Harmon says that he began... He personally began season three by breaking up with a three-year girlfriend and near fiance. The past Aaron? The the previous Aaron? Yeah, and then now he, he mentions how he has a new girlfriend. Yeah. And I believe this is the Aaron that he marries. Yeah. Uh, which is exciting. And he's, he's saying, like, they, he also mentions, you know, oh, if I come back for season four, it was like a sad, another sad thing. He, yeah. he keeps mentioning season four and I keep dying inside. Yeah. Uh, and also, I, I don't know if this is where you got this from or if you and Dan Harmon both got this from the same place or if you came up with this and Dan Harmon got this from you? <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Uh, but he says, that there's a part where he says, uh, uh, our fans, I believe what our fans say, which is that our worst episodes are better than everything on TV. Oh, yeah. Which is very similar or exactly the same as something that I've heard you say. I've said that before, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think I think a lot of fans of community have said that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't so, I, you know, I doubt that he got it from me specifically, but, but I have said that. But this kind of speaks to the whole thing where we're talking about, you know, how he's kind of shitting on this episode, yeah. but... It's, he's shitting on it in a relative sense of, you know, c- what community is, not in a relative sense of, like... He shits on it like uh, <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut shits on Breakfast of Champions. Sure. It's a deep cut reference for those of you who have read Palm Sunday. Sure. You and Merlin Mann. <laughs> uh, then we got the tag, which is a really fun tag, yeah. I think. What, now, what was up with the lighting here? Because they mentioned that that brick wall was not real. Yeah. But then even the study room lighting looked really fucking weird. That, they were in the study room? Yes, I thought they were that's in the cafeteria. How, that's how weird the lighting was. I'm gonna Whoa. tell you that. I straight up thought they were in the cafeteria. I, I or not the cafeteria, the lounge. No, it's the um, it's the table of video, the the couch they play video games sometimes. Yes, oh. I believe it's that couch, and somehow they've set up a wall nearby <laughs> so that Abed can do his little shtick. Yeah, huh? Uh, but yeah, he's basically doing a Jerry Seinfeld, right? No, no. I think he's just doing generic hack comedian. Okay. I thought he was kind of playing on the whole because Jerry Seinfeld would do the whole like what's the deal with whatever and that's kind of what Abed was doing. I mean, kind of, more, but I, much more basic. Yeah, method. Um, but he's yeah, so it's it's Abed doing stand up. He's got the he's got a blazer on, <laughs> and he's in front of a brick wall, which and is what Jim Rash fake. describes. Yeah. He stole it from Julie Roberts and Pretty Woman. <laughs> yeah, and he's say he's like, uh, how about that cold spot in the hallway? <laughs> Can it get any colder? That cold spot should move into to, should tell someone to my air conditioning in my apartment. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't even do his his jokes well. Um, but, oh, Troy's the only one. It's Troy Jeff. Troy is Dean loving it, sitting on the couch. Yeah, yeah Troy's super into it. Yeah. And, of course, um, as we find out in the commentary, Jim Rash wasn't even supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he did it anyway. Yep. Uh, and Jeff says something like, isn't this too, like... It's too... Uh, this, it's, it's, people can't relate to this. It's yeah. just for you and Troy. Uh, but my favorite... There's a lot of material about your apartment. That's what he says. My, la- my favorite line of this is the last one. One, two, three. 
Toaster Ovens. It's, it's from, from his album. album. <laughs> I fucking love that. I love like it. A, yeah. That's uh, Ovid has an album. Yeah, Ovid has a album. comedy album. Yeah. That presumably he just made and burned to a CD and gave to Troy. <laughs> oh, and I, I just remembered the other funny bit from the from the stand-up. He said, have you ever been in your dreamatorium yeah. and you forgot where you, <laughs> you put, put the, the door <laughs> and then you realize you're in an <laughs> actual bathroom? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That was so funny. <laughs> Oh, Troy and Abed. Good times. Plugs? Plugs. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Throwing you off your game. It's never been done to me. <laughs> I have another podcast plugs. called Nerds Eye View, plugs. Uh, which I do every plugs. week. I get some people together plugs. and we review a new film plugs. in theaters. Go check it out. NEVpodcast.com. The most recent plugs. episode. Plugs. I have Derek Armijo plugs. as a guest. You'll recognize plugs. him as a host of Popsicles. Plugs. Uh, I have plugs. him talking about The plugs. Intern. Uh, which we all really enjoy. Plugs. Go listen to why. Plugs. Uh, Plugs. You should also check out. Plugs. Uh, what's it called? Plugs. Pick your path. Plugs. Out today. If Plugs. this comes out today. Out today. Plugs. Uh, it's uh, wait, a, what's. Oh, yeah, out today. Sorry. It's coming out today. Plugs. Uh, everything's coming out today. Plugs. Pick your path. It's Plugs. a choose your own adventure style enhanced Plugs. podcast where Plugs. you, the listener, get to make choices uh, as the Plugs. chapters go along. It's like an audiobook. Plugs. It's really exciting and fun. Plugs. It's the sixth episode of Plugs. season one. It's the final episode Plugs. of season one. But don't have Plugs. a tear for Argentina. Plugs. Go, Plugs. go listen. Plugs. There's six episodes for you to enjoy, Plugs. and we'll be back sometime next year Plugs. with even more. Plugs. And if you just go listen, Plugs. it's a good benvnetwork.com slash PYP. Pick Plugs. your path. Plugs. You should also check out the Shut Up Leonard Plugs. Patreon account if you want to give us a little bit of money because you like Plugs. what we do. And we'll give you a little something Plugs. in return. And that something particularly Plugs. is a bonus Plugs. episode feed Plugs. just for Patreon subscribers. There's Plugs. currently two episodes. I think we're going to have to do a third very soon. Uh, and it'll be either Plugs. on one of two shows Plugs. that uh, Stephen Plugs. Day has suggested to us. Plugs. Thank you, Stephen Day. You're a great American. Plugs. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash shutupleonard. And Plugs. go to benvynetwork.com for all the great Benvy Network shows, which Benson Plugs. will tell you more about in a second. My Plugs. Twitter handle is Plugs. at PodcasterAndrew. Go, go, Plugs. go, go. Go to benvynetwork.com. Check out all the great shows on there. I'm on some of them, like Popsicles and Ben View on Spielberg. <laughs> and I also write for Pick Your Path. Great show. Is a great show. Plugs. Uh, Plugs. Fuck Plugs. me. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm a caged Plugs. animal. Plugs. You can follow me on Plugs. Twitter at drmattbenson.com. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter Plugs. at drmattbenson, rather. Plugs. You can follow this show on Twitter at shutuplenpod. Uh, you can write us an email at shutuplenpodcast at gmail.com. And it would be mighty fine of you Plugs. if you go to Plugs. iTunes Plugs. and you write us a review. Plugs. You rate us. Or you subscribe to us, because guess what, folks? Those things help us. And if you're an Android man, go to Stitcher and write a review, probably. And that's 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 all, folks. Google Pylon. I'm Mark from Comic Nerds Unite, and this is my hetero life mate, Tim. What's up, Mark? And what's up, world? Comic Nerds Unite is a comic book podcast, plain and simple. Our mission statement is bringing nerds together to talk comics. So we pick a book or graphic novel that we all read and discuss it at length. Then we talk about some of the books we read for the week. I love comics! Me too, buddy. Check us out on ComicNerdsUnite.com or on iTunes. Comic Comic Nerds Nerds Unite! Unite. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.